Tar Baby, Casper, Zebra, Skillet. You cute for a dark skin girl. You think you better than us because you light skin. If you've ever dealt with any of those things, if you've heard those growing up or you hear them now, this is the show you want to stay tuned in. Let's go! Let's go! Welcome to another show of Hustle and Shine. I'm so glad that you're with me. If you can tell, I'm a little bit more low-key today because I really have been spending a lot of time preparing for tonight's discussion. It is one that is still very sensitive for me, um, but I felt it was necessary to have this conversation. Since I was a little, little girl, I have struggled with colorism. Now, before you be like, how the hell? did you struggle with colorism, your light skin, right? Colorism affects the entire Black community. Not light skin, not just dark skin, it affects us all. And so that's what I want to talk about. I have some really dope guests coming out. You've met some of them on other Hustle and Shine episodes. You definitely met one of my favorite uh, guests who will be on shortly. But I'm bringing them on to tackle this very sensitive subject with me. The reason I wanted to start off the way I did is because I wanted to trigger some memories and some thoughts of when you may have gone through the very same thing. Were you called Tar Baby? Did people refer to you as light, bright, close to white? Were you high yellow? Were you midnight? If you heard those things in school, growing up, or even in your family, I want to talk about it tonight not just to revisit or reopen wounds, but to really address the things that are damaging our culture. I recently dealt with my own little girl being referred to as Blackie and, and the like in school. And as I prepared for my chapter in Beneath the Crown, coming out soon, shameless plug, I wrote about my problems and my challenges and my issues with colorism and how I felt growing up in a predominantly Black and Caribbean neighborhood in a mixed race family being the lightest child out of my mother's, being the lightest out of my cousins and how devastating and hard it was for me. So in no way, let me just drop this disclaimer, in no way am I saying that my issues growing up as a light-skinned girl could even compare to what my beautiful melanated dark-skinned sisters go through or have gone through. I do wanna say that it did affect me and so I'm not trying to equate them. I'm not trying to qualify. I'm simply saying I want to bring a perspective from the other side of the table. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. I hope you'll stick around. I hope that you will, you know, remain open and unbiased. You know, listen to the stories, listen to the experiences. Don't judge and say, well, you know, I'm dark skinned, so I don't even know how you could complain about what you went through growing up light skinned. Or, you know what I'm saying, I'm light skinned and I've always loved just being light skinned. So what's she complaining about? If this has not been your struggle, then it hasn't been your struggle. But there are more women who can relate to what I'm about to say than not. 
So keep an open mind, be respectful in the comments, because y'all know I'm going to keep it clean and professional, but I can't go there. Still from New York, still Latino and Black. But my point is, I want to have a good, healthy discussion on this to hopefully continue in my healing journey and influence yours. So with that said, I want to bring out my first guest who I just adore. Any opportunity I get to bring her back, I do. Shamelessly, I just love her that much. So where is my sis at? Where is Miss Javon Frazier, your guiding light? Good evening, sis. How are you, beautiful? Oh, wait, I think you're muted. Okay, there you are. All right. Yes. Hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm 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 doing okay. You know, last night it did a lot. You know, um Listen. we met for the rehearsal. And, you know, I'm even shaking now. I didn't realize how much this still hurts and how much yeah. it still bothers me. As I'm 40 years old, I'm a grown-ass woman. Yeah. And remembering and reminiscing on the teasing and the bullying and the isolation, the social isolation I went through being light-skinned and wanting so badly to be chocolate and mahogany. Girl, I used to dream of those days. Mm -hmm. It really, it, it brought some things up last night. And so I've been kind of carrying it throughout the day just meditating, you know, allowing myself to feel what I'm feeling. Um, and so, you know, share with, you know, first, of course, introduce yourself. I know you've been here a number of times, but I never want to discount what you bring to the Black community, you know, what you're doing as a culture keeper. Please share with everyone. And then I have a couple of questions I want to jump into. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure anytime that I get to be in your energy anyway, but definitely, um, you know, sharing with the Diamond Riders and the Hustle and Shine platform. Like, I just, I love it. So thank you for having me back. Yes. I am Javon A. Frazier, also known as Your Guiding Light. I am an author and a speaker, womb wellness advocate, and owner of the Hidden Jewel Wellness Boutique. Um, I'm very passionate about holistic wellness, about womb wellness, but more importantly, I'm very, very passionate about my people like the black community as a whole anytime that i have an opportunity to you know shine my light to navigate the darkness to transmute the shadows that's mm -hmm. what i like to do because i'm not gonna okay no i'm gonna say what i have to say yeah, please because as much as i love our people our culture our community like as a collective we got some shit we got to clean up within that's us right. and so like I'm very passionate about, you know, womb wisdom and, and holistic wellness and all of the unky bunginess, but like for real, for real, I'm still Javon. I'm still from the South. Like, and anytime that I have an opportunity to be like, you know what, y'all need to do better. We're going to talk about how we're going to do better. And so um, you spoke about, you know, tonight's episode and what it did to you. And I'm going to tell you what, sis, it was so triggering for me. And that's not even a word that I use a lot. As you can see, I'm in a different like atmosphere. I'm in my bedroom. I very rarely do stuff in my bedroom, but I needed to be in my safe space for this conversation mm -hmm. because um, it was a lot, you know, yeah. and like last night, like I said, when you said tar baby, it was like something just like a gut punch. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm nerve sighted. I'm excited, but I'm nervous about tonight's topics because one, I realize that maybe there's some things that I haven't dealt with, but two, I know we're going to trigger some people and I know we're going to step on some toes, but the intention and I'm, I'm setting it now and I've already said it. And I know that, you know, I have your, 
your permission to say this, but the intention is we're we're disrupting some things in order to build up something new, right? You gotta tear down, you gotta, you gotta dance in the shadows, you gotta talk about mm-hmm. the ugly shit in order to really get to it and 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 grow from there. So I'm excited about tonight. I'm telling you, like I'm teary-eyed now, like. We gonna get through it. Yep. You just keep breathing. Listen, hold on. Let me just say, cause you know you my good sis on and off camera. Like I got you. You know what I'm saying? We gonna get through it. I love you. I see you. I honor you. And I know you doing the same for me. And we here together, sister and sister. I appreciate that, cause you know people think like I do things for for clout and for likes. I do it because. I want to see our people whole, yes. healed, and healthy. And I put this off for years mm-hmm. because I never wanted to deal with this. You know, I never, first of all, there was never a safe space for me to deal with this. Because when I would say to my darker relatives or my family members or my friends, I struggle being light skinned. I got the same response. What? Why? Your life is perfect. And so I never had a place to really say, I hated being light-skinned my entire life i hated it i wanted to be dark so bad i wanted to be brown so bad and i go into a lot of detail about it on my, in my book um because i wanted to one heal and then i wanted to help other people heal so i gotta bring out our next guest and i got a surprise guest for y'all tonight i'm really excited about our surprise guest who's gonna come a little later but my cousin and fellow diamond sister author and speaker has been waiting i'm gonna bring her on out um where are you at my boo where is my cousin tiffany says love hi hello good Good evening how are you i'm well thank you so so let me say before i even start with who i am Mm -hmm. i want to call into the space the ancestors to guide us through this conversation absolutely i want to release from this space anything that is negative and low vibrational that we may be feeling in our bodies right now, because this conversation just in, as you said, in the prep was triggering for us. So we're going to, we know we're going to trigger the audience. And what I'm calling into this space is an open heart and an open mind, because that's the only way we're going to get past this. So that's what I'm asking for tonight. And then, you know, I thank you ladies for joining me and partnering and inviting me to this, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's get it done. But before we jump in, please, Kazo, introduce yourself. What is your hustle? Let our let our viewers and hustlers and shiners know who you are. Okay, so I am Tiffany Matthias. I'm one true. I'm one underscore true Phoenix on Instagram, and I am an author. I am an entrepreneur. I am the founder of the Phoenix Center for Youth Development in New York City, where I help empower the youth of our community so they can show up as the best and truest forms of themselves. I'm a youth advocate and I'm a college student. Girl, education. I love it. I love it so much. And, you know, again, thank you. Like, you've been riding with me, cuz, oh, since we were little kids driving, you know, family members crazy. But even as adult women, you know, we connected in such a safe space and you supporting my vision for the diamonds and just pouring on a regular basis. I'm just so excited. So 
I want to get into the topic. You know, tonight we're discussing shaded magic. It is mm-hmm. a discussion of colorism. So as my, my fellow Diamond and Cousin said, and even with, you know, um, your guiding light stated earlier, let's just be respectful and open-minded. Mm-hmm. Even if you cannot relate or understand someone's hurt or issues with their complexion, do not feel it necessary to comment negatively in the comments because I will call you out like I will. Um, and that's not a place to heal. It's not conducive for healing. So if you mm-hmm. can't relate, no problem. Love on another queen who can. That's what I'm going to ask y'all to do, Okay. So first off, I'm jumping right in. We're going to go there. I want to talk about light skin privilege. Mm-hmm. Is that real? Does it exist? Now, and I'm not talking in white America, right? right? I'm not talking over there. I'm not talking in entertainment because we know it does, right? I'm speaking in our culture and in our communities and our school hallways. And you know what I'm saying? At, at the YMCA where we hang out. I mean, I don't know. We, we grew up going to um, a, pl- a place called PAL. So I don't know what you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you had your area, but it was not easy growing yeah. up in those neighborhoods and in those areas. And so I didn't experience any privilege. At the end of the day, I was just another black girl, just a light skinned black girl um, when it came to anything outside of my neighborhood. But in my neighborhood, I thought I was better than everybody. So they said, mm-hmm. uh, picked on. The girls in my class would find it funny to dare each other to slap me to see how red my face would turn. Um, I was socially isolated intentionally, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just because they felt intimidated because of their own issues with their complexions. And that's what we don't realize. There's a struggle on both sides. Dark skin, you know, darker skinned women hate us. We hate ourselves and then vice versa. We hated y'all. And when I say we, I'm speaking for me and my siblings. Me and my sister wanted to be dark our entire lives. Yes. My father is a gorgeous chocolate complexion. And I look at my parents like somebody lying because where is it? Other than my nose and my ass, you don't know I'm black. Where is my complexion? And I used to be furious like why am I not getting darker you know what I mean mm-hmm. I would even be like well maybe my ears are still because you know when we look at newborns we say well maybe mine ain't changed yet no 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 mm-hmm. and so I want to come to you first Javon because I want to hear your side you know have you looked at light-skinned women and said they have it easier whether it's with dating with careers with opportunities and entertainment and stuff, do you feel like light skinned women have it easier? And I want your can't. I mean, I ain't gotta give you that. Never mind. Oh, you come know on, you you know you know I'm gonna be. You ready. already know how we do this. Stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt that way. You know, especially like younger years. You know, what I'm saying we just now getting to the point where black girl magic. You know, the chocolate is really popular. Um, but yeah, when I was younger, I absolutely felt like there was a light skin privilege. I've, I have family members and one that's really close to me and I'm not going to like say the relation because I love her dearly and I don't want her to think that this has anything to do with her, but I compared myself to her and I witnessed other family members comparing me to her too. Like, you know, long hair, lighter skin, dark skin, kinky hair, you know what I'm saying? Like my fro would be, you know. Um, And so absolutely, I felt like all the boys wanted her. I felt like 
you know, they dressed her differently. I felt like everything she did was just, oh, you're so cute. And oh, you're so this. And oh, you're so that. And it would just be like, hey, like me too. And I've, you know, in school, there've been like, um, there's another one that's coming to mind. Light skin, you know, dumb. I mean, I don't want to call the baby dumb, but <laughs> my, my thought process back then was like, what is the hype? Like, I, I didn't see the hype other than you were light skin because you weren't right. really. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you had to be, you know, you're pretty for a black girl, mm-hmm. you're, you're you're this for a dark skin girl, you're this for a dark skin girl, whereas the light skin girls really you're just blank. You know, mm-hmm. there's no because or despite your skin color, you just right. are. Um right. and 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 I gotta be honest, even you know, listening to you last night and you you ladies last night, like it took me to a place where I didn't understand where you were coming from because I'm thinking mm-hmm. about when we were younger, you know, we're we're close in the age bracket and I'm thinking about the Jennifer Lopez's and you know everybody who was popular in the mainstream like y'all were popping. So in right. my mind and I'm just being honest like last night yeah. like I was like I don't understand like how could you not feel beautiful because all you saw was like you know the light skin, you know whatever whatever and so it definitely still showed up in my adult life and I didn't even realize that that was a thing. Like, of course Mm -hmm. not today, Mm -hmm. but tapping into, you know, the corners and the shadows that I always talk about that back room we don't go into. I realized like, yeah, I still felt some type of way about that because to me, it's like when you, when like literally when you see chocolate and, and dark skin, it's only just become popular and celebrated lately right and and you gotta love you gotta love society and america and marketing because they don't know how to balance it out because back in the day everything was the lighter skin and the fair skin and now everything is like chocolate chocolate and it's still causing division because i i don't see the spectrum and that and 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 I don't want to jump because I know we're going to talk about that. But like mm. we said last night, we come in all different beautiful shades and hues. But right. because mainstream only shows like the, the polar opposites, it causes us to feel like this. And so, yeah, you do mm. say you have a privilege or, you know, everybody is, is you know, shouting you out or glorifying right. you or whatever. And it, it keeps that constant division. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you. Woof. I'm I'm gonna come to you, Tiff, but I just have to say when you a moment ago when you talked about we're gonna get into that subject, you're cute for a dark skin girl. I wanna go there. I wanna talk about that because I would hear it from my friends and be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, shut up. And mind you, I wanted to be my friends, right? I wanted to be chocolate like them, and so I wasn't even thinking, damn, that could be his comment to me. It was more so, how dare you? Like, how dare you say that to her? So, Tip, I'm going to come to you. Like, you know, being a fellow mixed child, light-skinned, do you feel like light-skinned women have it easier? Is there I don't think I don't think we had it easier, per se. Our struggles weren't the same. And to Javon's point right now about chocolate being in, what I feel right now when it comes down to mainstream media is that our complexion 
is a fad. Mm. So in the 90s, light skin was in. Wow. And now here in the 2020, the dark skin is in. We are not bell-bottom jeans and, and off-the-shoulder blouses. Like, stop making it a fad to Talk be a certain that. complexion. Right. And that's what I feel that is what's happening right now. And if you know anything about fashion, it's a cycle, which right. means that this love yes. of the of the melanin is going to fade out and then everything is going to be light, mm -hmm. bright. Everything is all right. Right. You know, right. so that's my biggest concern. And one of the reasons that I feel that our topic and our discussions like tonight need to happen because our skin is not a it's not a trend. No, we right, can't right. We, try as some of us have might, as we discussed last night, we yeah. can't change this. And right. even if we do, it is only temporary. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely don't, I didn't experience a privilege. Mm -hmm. Um, there may have been preferences mm, and true. one of those actually came in to a point where it actually used to cause me personally physical harm. Wow. So that whole, oh, she's light-skinned, she got long hair, her body little cute, whatever it is. I got hated on by the darker-skinned women and, and, and everything because the boys thought I was cute. So because the boys thought I was cute because somebody planted in their heads that what I look like was acceptable to bring home, then I got the hate from the women who I just wanted to be friends with. I wanted, and just in last night, I realized that subconsciously, I surround myself with dark-skinned women as a means of validating my, me showing up at the picnic. I can come to the barbecue because I'm with her. And that is crazy. Wow. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. to be, and for my branch of the family tree, we're so culturally diverse that yes. at Homestead, nobody really paid attention to who was light, who was dark, who was this, who was that, except for one house. Mm -hmm. In one house, and now I'm I'm letting y'all know we're about to have a trigger warning. We're about to have our first trigger warning. Growing up, we grew up with a lot of kids in the house. And if you grow up with a lot of kids in the house, you know sometimes you get called the wrong sibling name, the wrong cousin name, whatever. Right. And my aunt, I love this woman to death, but she planted a trauma seed in me because it got to a point in time where she no longer referred to us kids, her nieces and nephews, and her children by their names. We became you black child, you brown child, you yellow child, you white child. Where do you think she learned that at? That was something that was taught to her. That was taught to the person that taught her, that taught, taught, taught. And so now to this day, I only recently, like in the last year, started embracing the color yellow and wearing it because I refuse to wear yellow because somebody told me I look like a banana when I wear it. Right, right, right. This is the trauma that, this is this is my trauma. It that is. That I was not enough. I wasn't, regardless of how cute I thought I was or how cute some mother boy thought I was or somebody thought I was, I still was not enough. 
because my skin didn't have enough pigment in it. Yep. That's so real. And I remember, you know, after a while, I would make fun of myself before people could. So exactly. I would say like if I was a crayon, I'd be yellow or you know what I'm saying? I would say things like, well, you know, I'm transparent. So don't, you know, because I knew that was coming or I yeah. assumed that was coming. And like you, I so badly wanted to be friends with the, the chocolate, mahogany, sun-kissed girls in school because like you, I felt validated being connected to them. It made me feel like, okay, now I'll be accepted as a black girl mm -hmm. because I got all black friends. And there was this one girl, I'm not going to call her out because we are so close now and I love her dearly. She'll know who she is when I say this. Much love to you, sis. Thank you for letting me in. But uh, for a long time, her boyfriend would tell me she's not ever going to be your friend. She don't like life girls. I had mm -hmm. never done nothing to her. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I wasn't among the light-skinned girls who made fun of her dark skin. Yet, that caused trauma in her that she wouldn't even rock with us. And I adored her. I was just like, you are so smart and so pretty and so funny. And she wanted no part to me. But nope. we had a mutual friend, or I had a friend that I introduced to them. She became closer to her, and they would leave me out because they were both chocolate and gorgeous, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I would, like, it would hurt so much. And we weren't 15, 14, we were 19, 20 years old. And I could not understand, like, well, what did I do? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and again, I understand it because I went through that. I would intentionally, yeah. after a while, hang out with light skinned girls. Like, well, if y'all want to be my friend, then I'm going to make sure all the chicks look like me. But deep down inside, I was still like, damn, I wish I looked like them. And it made me hate them. Cause I mm -hmm. did not look like them, but I want to jump in the comments. Cause we got a lot of love in here tonight. I want to show some love. Thank you to all of our gems, our hustlers and our shiners. We are going to jump in the comments. Let's see who out here. Hey, Melly Mel, the VP of the diamond writers. This is about yes. to be good. We hope so sis, we hope so. Mm -hmm. Our other diamond sister, Colleen, says, say it again, Javon. Yeah, she, don't she be talking? Don't she be talking, sis. She be on it. <laughs> she be on it. My chocolate drop over there, honey. Yes. Mr. Morpheus Speak says, I got you, baby. I love you, sweetheart. I love you, too, King. Thank you so much. Hello, for King. Supporting. Hello, hello. Yes. <laughs> Always supporting. Colleen says, Natima Sheree will tell you all from the day she sent me a friend request to this day. Tell her she is one of the most gorgeous women I've ever met. Yes, she do. It hurts my heart to know she struggles so much. Thank you, sis. I so appreciate that. And you really do. Every mm -hmm. time we connect, you say that. Diamond Writers is in the building. Yes. All right, here's another Diamond. Jazzy Cash says, I never felt accepted as light or dark skin. I was always in the middle and never knew which side I was on. I had to learn to embrace my caramel, even when I didn't understand where I belonged. Wow. Mm -hmm. Thank Go you, Jazzy. Can I say something? Because I, I called one of my one of my chocolate sisters, mm -hmm. and she said the same thing. And I was like, mm -hmm. well, because for me, I know I'm not, you know, chocolate, chocolate. Like, I have a little sister, mm -hmm. my baby sister. Oh, my gosh. She is so dark and chocolatey, and her babies are dark and chocolatey, and I just love them. But, mm -hmm. like, that's a thing, too. Like, you're not light or dark. You're just kind of in this middle. And that, that comes with its own different set of, yeah. you know, struggles. And, and it's just really, mm -hmm. really sad because... Uh, 
I try not to like get all deep, but here we go. In a, in, we have already been programmed to hate ourselves so much ever since like all of this fucked up slavery shit happened. Mm-hmm. You would think that part that we would spend more more time loving yeah. and cultivating and appreciating each other. Like it pains my heart when I see how much we ridicule each other on social media how much we nitpick and talk about like we don't give opportunity for the outsiders to do us wrong because we do enough ourselves but then we stay tolerant black lives matter black girl magic melanin popping da 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 but then like you killing your own right Mm -hmm. it just really irritates me because it goes back to the comment that tiffany made about mainstream media and like how it is a fad and it is a trend, but that's why in our own homes, in our own communities, in our own families, we have to be that much more diligent about building each other up and like highlighting and pointing out our differences, not in a way to like separate, but in a way to celebrate and create community within ourselves. Like we should be so, and I'm not trying to like jump ahead, but we should be so fucking tight. My mother always taught me, you always provide or present a united front. Like even if y'all are like, you should be so tight that nobody Mm -hmm. else can come in. Nobody else can say nothing about your cousin, your friend or whatever. You Mm -hmm. can't even say nothing about your cousin, your friend, your sister girl, the home girl on the street that you don't even know. Still big her up, compliment her because that's your sister. That's your family. Like, right. Right. No, I'm glad you went there because we're not doing a good job of breaking those generational curses. We no. always go in, let's break generational curses in the finance area. And let's break generational cases and curses and not, you know, finding a husband because all of our mother and grandmother was single. When are we going to deal with this? Yep. When are we going to deal with it this? Is, it is the elephant in the middle of the room that everybody is like sidestepping and coming around. And part of it is because people don't... Okay, so first of all, people don't want to get canceled for saying something that might piss somebody off. Right. Cancel culture is the devil, I tell you. It shouldn't be canceling. It should be counseling and correcting. Mm -hmm. Somebody say something ignorant and out of place, we cancel them. That doesn't stop them for thinking and feeling how they do. You have to educate them as to why it is or what it is that they're feeling. Um, Has them on the outside with everybody looking at them like, what the hell? You know, so cancel culture needs to go first and foremost. And as soon as that goes, people may be able to open their mouths and speak more freely. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that has to happen with these dialogues is people have to come in willing to listen. That's Everybody right. got a story to share. Everybody right. has a viewpoint. Nobody mm-hmm. is showing up to these conversations without something to say. But are you here to listen? Right. Are you we're not here? here and we're not here with the intent to heal. That's another right. thing. We want to be heard and we want to talk about what hurt us and how, you know what I'm saying, how broken we were and how devastated we were. Okay. And then what? 
You know what now what? Me my whole life and I'm doing something about it. I'm that healing. Part. I'm being intentional and saying this can't hold me back no more because I got two little girls now mm-hmm. that are both, you know what I'm saying? That, that, thank you, Jesus. They got that melanin I wanted. But you get what I'm saying? Like even, even I had an incident with a sibling of mine. I'm not going to put my sibling out there, but it is a sibling. When my daughter, my youngest was born, she was a little bit darker. Um gorgeous little peanut butter, you know what I'm saying, caramel dipped in, in Jesus juice type of complexion. Now, I love it. I'll be kissing yes, all over my baby. Love beautiful stuff. But when she was born, she was a little bit darker. And my, my sibling used to refer to her as my black baby. Mm-hmm. And I realized you are still dealing with trauma. Mm-hmm. That, you know what I'm saying? That divide in our family. That you don't even see how you're passing that on to your niece and probably your children. You know what I'm saying? Right. And Again, he's not here to defend himself. So I won't talk about, you know, further, but it shows up in, in his choices. And so I realized not only women deal with this at the level that we deal with this. And that's why I want to bring out my special guest who's going to give us some male perspective. And now y'all know, listen, if I act up for a few minutes, just let me be. Okay. Like y'all just leave me alone. Listen. Just let me be, damn it. Okay. So where is Mr. Morpheus speak? Hello, handsome. What's up, babe? She's making me blush, y'all. Y'all so cute. I love this. This is over. I'm coming downstairs. What? (laughs) No, seriously, babe. Thank you, thank you for joining the uh, the show. I know it was last minute, but when we had our uh, rehearsal last night, we were talking about how important our next subject is to hear from both sides. You know, Mm -hmm. let me just go ahead and introduce that, and then I'll let you introduce you. I'll let you introduce yourself, babe. But we're about to get into your cute for a dark skin girl and how skin right. color and the perception of attractiveness, excuse me, has really harmed the black culture. Mm-hmm. So, babe, first, go ahead and introduce you. Now, y'all know that's my husband. Ladies, that's my husband. Okay, I'm sorry. Hey, cuz. Go ahead. What's going on, <laughs> uh, what's going on y'all? I'm, uh, I go by Morpheus Speaks. Um, you know, uh, I am really big uh, when it comes to, you know, really empowerment of the black community, period. You know, and I feel like specifically the empowerment and the uplifting of black men, you know, and, and really solidifying the structure of the family, the black family um, is 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 really key in us moving forward as a culture. And um, that's really the, the foundation and, and really the, the staple of the flat, the platform that I'm trying to build right now. So that's that's who I am and what I represent in a small nutshell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, y'all know I shout them out every episode. That is my heart right there. But babe, seriously, thank you for adding um, some balance and some perspective to this conversation. I'm gonna actually start with you. And I'm going to put you out there just a little bit, but as we were dating, um, Morpheus shared with me that he would either date really light women or really dark women. He rarely ever dated in, in the middle. And yeah. so I want to I want you to help the audience understand, like, how did you develop that perspective and why was that an intentional dating practice of yours? I mean, I don't think it was intentional. I think just like everybody else's reaction, it was kind of like subconscious. You know what I mean? Um, I always had an uh, affinity for extremely light-skinned women. <laughs> you know what I mean? But as I got older, you know, uh, it kind of shifted. You know, and again, it was mostly driven by media and my react, my mother's reaction to what I like. I had one of the mothers where. 
She didn't care what you said you were. She looked at your hair and the color of your skin. You know what I mean? So she thought everybody was white. You know what I mean? She'd be like, that white girl, that whatever. I'm like, mom, she's Mexican. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, she's not white, you know? But, but to her, that was like white. And, you know, both of my parents grew up, you know what I mean? Like right outside the... Uh, kind of like toward the tail end of the civil rights movement in Wisconsin, which is a very segregated, um, very racist place, even to this day, you know? And so they built, dealt with their traumas. And I think for women, uh, it's a little bit more um, accelerated because of, because women's physical appearance is so much more a part of how they're judged. You know, mm. and so my mother was always very vocal about, you know, the the white the, the white girl stuff was completely out, you know, mm. light skin. She would accept it, but she wasn't going to like it. You know what I mean? And, you know, and anybody else that wasn't black was white. And, you know, even my mom, I think her image of herself, you know, was a little bit distorted. I don't know what her, you know, um uh, what her experience was within the culture as far as, you know, how she was treated because of her complexion. But one day we were sitting around and she, you know, referred to herself as dark skin. And I'm like, mama, you, you, you're not dark skin. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, at the best you in the middle, you know what I mean? But she's like, I'm your complexion. I'm like, no, you're not. That's easy to prove, you know, but, <laughs> but, but she just had this thing that, you know, uh, it was just unacceptable. And I think that did have a lot to do with, you know, what my likes and dislikes were. You know, um, I used to, I remember I grew up, uh, I absolutely adored Vanessa Williams early in life, you know, and then it was Lisa Ray. And then mm -hmm. when I got to my teens, um, it, I don't want y'all judging me, okay? But it was it was Foxy Brown, for mm -hmm. dark skinned girls and then Oprah. Gorgeous, I had a <laughs> I had a <laughs> I had a physical attraction as a kid to Oprah big and I'm not huh? It must be the big eyes because you like big eyes. No, she was just when in the early two thousands <laughs> and late nineties, you know what I'm saying? She was just a woman, you know, she would come out her mm -hmm. legs and be all shiny, she'd be shaking her arms and stuff, and I'd be like, man, you know <laughs> so, yeah. so um, but I will say that, you know, because I had the extremes, I would have people, um, men, you know, uh, other young men that, you know, when we was coming up that only dated white women or that only dated light skinned women or that only dated whatever. And I never had that exclusivity about it. I really liked the extremes of it. Like I said, really light. Mm -hmm. And then I started liking um, really dark skinned girls, really chocolate girl, Kelly Rowland too, you know, and, but I just loved black women my whole life you know what i'm saying it doesn't matter what kind of black you were or i would even say women and women of color you know what i mean because you know um some of the, the middle eastern women and everything like that were some of the most beautiful women in the world to me but i just i think because of how i grew up i just had a strong affinity for women of color and in particular black women. wow javon yeah. i want to come to you you know I know last night when we talked about that particular statement, you're cute for a dark skin girl, it, it, you immediately reacted. What was that like for you 
you know, hearing that from, you know, from men or even from other women, you know, we, we do those little backhanded compliments to each other. Oh, you cute for a dark skin girl. Shut up. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, tell us, Kendall, what, what was your experience? That was, that was the norm. Um, I was never just cute. You know, I was cute for a dark skin girl. And, um, it, 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 did something to me because I started like gravitating to um white white girls like I, I told you ladies last night uh, my nickname used to be Oreo because mm-hmm. like I don't know it was like I felt like maybe ah. <sighs> I think it was because I got so sick and tired of hearing that like I was cute for a dark skinned girl. So it was almost as if me being dark was something that I hated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna have to grab my charger here in a second. Forgive me for not getting it beforehand. But so I would I would like gravitate to white girls because you know like I I wanted to be white. I felt like white was where it was at. I didn't even want to be light skinned. Like I just wanted to go straight to white because mm-hmm. obviously dark skin was like. <laughs> mm. Um, and it's to the point now in my adult life where I don't even wear any kind of like foundation, makeup, anything that's going to alter my features at all because damn it, I'm cute because I'm cute, and you're gonna know mm. I'm cute because I'm cute, you know what I'm saying? Right. But right. it took me a long time to get there because I did kind of feel like me being dark skinned was. Like, oh, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you're you're cute for a dark skinned girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was funny because even my oldest son, when he was in pre-K, and we've never had like conversations about like dark, because everybody in my household was the same. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I remember him coming to me because he all all the little girls that he likes in pre-K were either, you know, mixed or light skinned or white or whatever. And um his his you know, dad asked him about it and he was like, well, mommy's the only pretty dark skinned girl. Um, and I was like, wait, no, no. He was like, yeah, mommy, you're the only one. And I'm like, no, no. but even like looking at my son now, he's 16. My son has never dated anybody dark skin, you know, mixed or white. And so I'm like, dang, does he still feel that way? Where you get that from? And it's, wow. It's funny because I wanted to bring this up because I am the womb wellness advocate, so I have to go there. But it really is ingrained in our DNA. Like, what what I don't think we talk about enough with, you know, trauma and emotions and all of that is like that becomes a part of your DNA. And so then yeah. you have children with someone who has their trauma and th- your trauma now becomes ingrained in their DNA. And we're just repeating the cycle so, mm-hmm. like, real talk, like, our, you know, dysfunction as it pertains to our skin color and how we look at skin color and beauty and all of that, like, yeah, it's, like, the media, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, for real, for real, it's ingrained in our DNA. Exactly. And until we get down to the core and really heal and really have some therapy and really, like, talk this shit out, heal it out, right. play it out, whatever works for mm-hmm. you, but until we really, like, reprogram our mind and our way of thinking this is always going to be a thing but it's always going to be a thing and so it's just interesting to me because you can 
you you can not have any conversations about colorism you can you can praise your babies for being light i can praise my you know my niece and nephew for being chocolatey but somewhere they're still going to have these thoughts in the back of their mind because it's ingrained in us that yeah. part and like that that's mm -hmm. that's the real tea or the the bigger issue and no, so it's really true. It's yeah so yeah i was just going to say so as we were talking last night and I didn't do my homework as I said I was, but it's okay because I speak truth. Mm -hmm. This, you know why? So there are people who say the reason that there won't you there won't be a cure to cancer is because if you cure the cancer patients, you eliminate the customers. Mm -hmm. So we're not gonna heal colorism wow. because the beauty industry is a multi-billion dollar industry where. There are people who have curly hair who want to make it straight, that straight hair who want to make it curly, dark skin who want to be light skin, light skin who want to be dark skin, little titties want big titties, big ass want little ass, Bad. curvy cola bottles want to be real thin. It's not going to be fixed because the economy will crumble. Right. Like right. it can't, it can't because everything, as Javon said, is so deeply rooted. Right. It is right. so deeply rooted. And it's in the marketing. It's in everything that you look at, mm -hmm. whether you realize it or not. Mm -hmm. Subliminally, there is somebody's message that is coming across when it comes down to um, color, race, all that other stuff in, in society. And the truth of the matter is, I'm going to say it, it's what this freaking country was built on. Right. This country, this is the foundation yep. of this country. Yeah. And to fix this, you have to literally rip out the foundation of the country. Right. And we can't, it, it, it's too ingrate. But the crazy thing is, it's not that old. It's not that, when you look at the globe as a whole, mm -hmm. 1619 was when the first Africans were brought over to the colonies, right? Mm -hmm. So 17, 18, 19, 20, that's only four Hundred years. Mm -hmm. We only four hundred years old. Mm -hmm. That's young, and so there it can be fixed only if they want to fix it. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to fix it. It's people like they throw their hands up in the air. You know, when when we were sitting here talking about fixing stuff, you know what it reminded me of. You ever see somebody get hurt and go to the doctor, but they want to tell the doctor what they think, you know, because they've been on WebMD and they're like, this is like how you go to the doctor because your leg is broken, but you're telling the doctor how to fix it. Right. Or then when the doctor tells you how to fix it, you're like, no. And then you limp out the emergency room. Like what? Right. That's what happens when we show up with these conversations and people don't really want to heal. You just want to go in there yelling and screaming. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. And that's why I am how I am. And now y'all got to accept it. Right. No, I don't. Right. No, I don't. You can keep sitting there wallowing in that, but I'm not. Right. And I think having these dialogues will awaken more people and it will keep generating hope that we can fix this mm -hmm. but the truth of the matter like i said it's so innate and ingrained into the fabric of this country mm -hmm. it's going to take more than these podcasts and these conversations to 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 do that yeah agreed but like you said i think this is a start to at least acknowledge mm -hmm. that there's hurt and pain on both sides it's not just you know our darker skin 
you know what I'm saying, family that feels it, it's also us. Um, yes. And it's funny because when I was studying to prepare for this, this episode and for, you know, my chapter in the book, um, I realized that racism is what divides us and them. Colorism is what divides us and us. Us and us. It's mm -hmm. all systemic. It's all, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Agenda. It's all, you know what I mean? So I, I totally agree with that. I'm going to come to Morpheus. He has a comment. Um, and I also have a question for you. And then I want to go to the comments because we, we have some more coming in. But after your comment, Morpheus, I want you to address from a male's perspective, you know, because I know growing up in the 90s, light skin men was it. Okay. The mm -hmm. Alcors, the Christopher Williams, they was it, honey. The dark skin, Wesley Snipes and them is what put dark skin on the scene. If it wasn't for him mm -hmm. and Denzel, y'all might have still been struggling. Okay. Because the light skinned men was it. Now, not for me, because it was like dating a sibling or a cousin. I couldn't do it. But most girls didn't want a dark skinned boy, you know what I'm saying? Or a dark skinned boyfriend. So, mm -hmm. first, you know, share what you wanted to share. And then I want you to answer that. Like, what was that like for you? Being all chocolatey. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I what Javon said kind of triggered a memory for me of my sister because my sister is my same complexion, and um, she struggled a lot again coming up in Wisconsin. You know, um, she struggled to kind of like find her place because one thing, and I thought it was interesting with you, Tima, with being light skinned. It wasn't so much that being light-skinned, it was bad. It was being light-skinned in the environment that you were in. You would be, mm -hmm. you were light-skinned surrounded by dark-skinned people. So they got to set the, the the pattern for, you know, what was beautiful, you know, right. or what was, you know, um, not beautiful. And right. one thing my sister used to always say, because she always had, you know, a lot of white friends, you know what I mean? And I kind of grew up the opposite way. Like, you know, like, why you always got these white people around you? You know what I'm saying? But because she used to deal with, you know, coming up in our school district, it was majority black, but she didn't feel accepted by the black girls, the dark skinned girls, because of how she carried herself, because she was intelligent, because yeah. she was articulate, because mm -hmm. she was, you know, uh, got good grades and all that. She was rejected because of that difference. You know, and so and, you know, when you look back, even what's going on in Russia and Ukraine or, you know, back to, you know, the the conflict in Africa where it was like, you know, the Hutus and the Tutsi, like y'all the same color. But it's just human nature for us to find something to try to separate ourselves and make ourselves greater. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like a deeper it's like a a, a, a deeper desire that we have to, you know, kind of like what they talk about in the Bible with, 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 with Jesus, where they kept arguing about who was the greatest. You know what I mean? And and so um, I think that has a lot to do with it. And as we kind of grow up and grow into um, ourselves and and kind of detach and unplug from the programming, then we become mm -hmm. less susceptible to being victimized. But what, by whatever our difference is and then more able to appreciate everybody's differences as beautiful you know what i mean mm -hmm. and and so yeah i i think that that's part of it and to answer your question about you know the whole light skin thing i was on the back end of the light skin thing you know what i'm saying because i came up <laughs> i came up so by the time i started coming up you know socially you know it was already I think uh, Nelly was like the last light skinned dude to be like dope. You know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> so, 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 um, but after your age, right? And again, you know, coming from where I'm from, you know, as segregated as it was, you know, I didn't remember a lot of light skinned people, but you know, and the ones that I did know, you know, they didn't fit the stereotype because the light skin, like all my bullies was like light skin when I was a kid, you know what I'm saying? It was like, they all was like light skin with freckles, you know what I mean? And so I just stayed away from kids like that until I got big enough to defend myself. But- uh, You got but, picked um, on by Drake? Like, come on now. Yeah, like, well, Drake, <laughs> but, but look how they do Drake. It's so many people and I, and that irritates me because I'm a Drake fan, you know what I mean? But it's so many people that hate on Drake and they can't tell you why, but the reason why is because of how he looks. It be, it's right. because of his skin tone, you know what I mean? And right, people, right. light skin isn't masculine. Right, right. yeah, it's like the opposite of masculine. Weaker. Like, right. yeah, we're seeing weaker. Right, and, yeah. but on the flip side of that, if he wasn't light skin, he might not be Drake. You know what I mean? So, so because there's a lot of people that are as talented, but again, and that's not because of the talent or because of, you know, our ears. It's that a lot of people, the majority of people aren't don't like things because they like them. They like them because somebody else told them they like them, you know. And so mm -hmm. um, they yeah. that is part of the um, agenda of you know, the so. United States or whatever to steer the marketing in a certain way, like we'll take this guy, this guy. And and then when you, when you are talented and you fit into the programming, you could be the biggest thing in the world, you know, going exactly. back to, you know, Michael Jackson and him changing, you know what I mean? His skin color and everything like that to be more a peak. Cause it might be okay here in the United States, you know, but, but for, for you, you to really, you know, maximize your ability to, to earn revenue, you have to be acceptable worldwide. And, right. and the, it might be cool to be dark here, but this is the only place here in Africa, maybe. And right. but the rest of the places, it's and like- sometimes it's still, not even there. Right. right. Yeah. We don't exist or it's still kind of like an abomination. You know, we see mm -hmm. in, uh, Russia, it was circulating about them still, you know, not letting black people on trains to be able to get out of there mm -hmm. and, and treated a certain kind of way and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And- and then the fact that that's not being that's not going to get the same coverage in the United States as, you know, the Ukrainians that are being blown up and stuff like that. So wow. it, it's, it's always, like you said, going to exist. It's just that just like everything else, you know, within the culture, the more that we can, you know, elevate, you know, our consciousness individually to be able to understand what it is and that it's intentional that we're being programmed to say that this is this is unattractive or whatever because of the skin. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all the, the things that follow that, uh, mm -hmm. the more that we can elevate above that individually, the more collectively, you know, we'll heighten everybody's awareness and, and be, you know, be able to combat it better. Right. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I you know, I definitely want to, um, jump into our final topic because we are close to an hour sorry vp where's mail don't want my vp to get on me um i'm gonna try to keep it at an hour but i do want to acknowledge some of these really good comments that are coming in and then we're going to transition to our final topic on the shaded magic discussion on colorism so um i'm gonna start with jazz or actually sky freeman hey skylar that's one of our diamond sisters, but she says dysfunctional to say the least. Our mindsets are so broken. And that is so true. And that is so very true. 
Um, mm-hmm. Jazzy says, black is beautiful. Absolutely. Melly Mel, that's my VP diamond there. Hello, VBS. She says, it's sad because it goes deeper than just complexion. I used to get told I wasn't black enough because I had good hair, which I hate. Mm-hmm. Because if I because if your hair growing out your head is good, right? right. Or, or get told I have a white person nose. We find every reason to want to pick out why someone doesn't fit in a misconstrued perception of blackness. Mm-hmm. That part. Yes, Mel. Thank you. Deborah Frazier says we need to cancel cancel culture. Yeah, Agree. Right. Thank you, Miss Deborah. I know. I said hi, Baba Frazier. How are you? <laughs> Scott says the same way every white person backs the police, we should back each other. That girl, you better throw, mm-hmm. uh, you better throw that out there, throw that shade. <laughs> Colleen says I was dark from day one, and beautiful sis was called tar baby, blackie, licorice stick. Wow, gave me a full on complex until the mirror became my best friend. I'm gorgeous. Yes, she Thank you, Colleen. Yes, yes absolutely. Shell Mack, hello, Diamond. She says, it is important to be heard and it is important to heal from the trauma as well. Agreed. Definitely agree. I'm going to take one more from Danielle. Hi, beautiful. She says, wow, colorism divides us and us. That's good, Tima. Thank you, sis. That's exactly what it does. So I want to transition to our our last topic, and I'm going to try my best to get through this one without emotion, but there's a few reasons I want to touch this one. Um, why I want to explore Black Girl Magic and its identity developing, you know, influence. First of all, I have two, you know, two Black daughters. Um, they are both gorgeous, you know, of course, in my eyes and in the eyes of, of those around them. Um, but my youngest daughter is in a predominantly white school. And so she at five years old deals with complexion issues and wanting her hair to be like the girls in her school and all of those things. And so I remember teaching her about her black girl magic. Um, and I had posted something about it, just inspired, you know, that I was able to do this for her. And I said, you know, spreading that black girl magic or something like that. And somebody commented because my, you know, my posts are public. So I don't even know who this person was. But she said, don't you mean macchiato? In other words, I'm not black enough to claim black girl magic. And Morpheus will tell you that shit hurt. Like for days, I would not let it go. Every time, like I would get angry about it and then hurt. You know what I'm saying? I would go through an emotion, a, 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 you know what I'm saying? A number of emotions behind her comment. Mind you, I don't even know this woman. But right. because it was so triggering and it had yanked up all this stuff that I thought I had done a good job of suppressing about hating my light skin. I didn't just dislike it. I hated it. I mm-hmm. tried everything to be dark. Y'all could call Angie and Kevin right now. I wanted to take tanning pills because I thought they were real. That movie Soul Man had me all messed up. You know, I used to beg my mother to let me wear, you know, foundation in elementary school. Like these, you know what I'm saying? And, and so for her to say that as a grown woman and to see myself hurt so bad from it, I was like, yo, you got to heal from this. Mm-hmm. You don't even know this woman. And she just straight ruined your whole day with one comment. Don't right. you mean macchiato? That I am not, and so from that, 
I never posted Black Girl Magic again because I didn't feel qualified. I didn't feel like I identified with what Melanie Queen and Black Girl Magic represents in the Black culture. And that was devastating for me because I have two, you know what I'm saying, noticeably Black daughters. And it just, it, it really hurt. And so, again, I'm in my healing journey and I'm dealing with it and I let it go. Um, but I just want the sisters to know, like, we celebrate your magic mm-hmm. and we want to celebrate ours too. And I don't want to do that in the in the terms of color. I want to do it right. just because we all have the Black Girl Magic. And so I want to come to you, Tiff. Um, and, you know, again, you having, you know, Black daughters, mixed daughters, what is yeah. that like trying to raise them and, and develop their identity and positive self-esteem using Black Girl Magic? Do you feel like it's effective and like you can relate as a light-skinned woman? I, I I definitely can. And I remember being 19 years old, pregnant with my oldest daughter, and I used to rub my belly like the Apollo love and pray that she would have melanin, that she would be dark enough to not have to defend her blackness. Um, and I recently learned in the last couple of years that in doing so, I was transferring my trauma into her, as um, Javon was saying earlier, like in my, in her, in nestled in my womb, I was transferring my colorism trauma into my baby. And I will say that when she came out, her caramel color, I was elated. Like, yes, yes, my baby is brown enough to be black and accepted. And then my next two got lighter and lighter. Um, (laughs) But I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to teach these girls respectfully who are 27, 20, and 13, that it's not about their skin. It's about what's up in here and what lives inside of here. And whomever does not accept that, that is on them, you know? And all I can do is have these healing conversations with them and continue to expose them and enrich their lives with knowing what there is. and I'm going to just end with one of my friends in high school. His mother used to make this cake. I swear to God, every time his birthday came around, I was like, is your mama making the birthday cake? And he said, yes, and my mama making the birthday The birthday cake was Death by Chocolate. And if you've ever seen Death by Chocolate, it goes from white chocolate all the way up to blackity black, crisp, like, and that is who we are. Mm. We are... We are, me and Atima, we are Black Girl Magic. Javon is Black Girl Magic. Our daughters are Black Girl Magic. And it doesn't matter what shade they fall in, how much melanin is in their skin. These are Black girls. These are young Black queens that we are raising. And at Kings too, because I just want to say that this jaded shit don't just belong to us women. It belongs to the men too. But mm-hmm. that's gonna be another. That's gonna be another episode. Yeah, yeah. And I'm complete. <laughs> yeah. No, because we've seen the memes. I remember the meme wars with light skinned men look like this, and they was usually bothering Prince. And I was like, Yo, I'm really trying to hold my tongue with y'all. Y'all fucking with Prince. I love Prince. But yeah, they like you said that battle went on between black men, light skinned mm-hmm. black men, and darker skinned black men. Um, but that is a, a topic for another show. But Javon, I want to come to you. Um, you know, you have always inspired me to 
embrace the little melanin I do have and stand on my magic in that way. Um, but you know, what has that been like for you since the launch of Black Girl Magic? And you know, like you said, it just becoming a trend and allowing chocolate beautiful women to be noticed and seen and celebrated. Like how what did that do for you personally? Um it definitely was a good thing for me, right? Because I finally see representation in the media and we finally, and I go back to my niece, um, oh, so cute, but big brown eyes, you know, kinky hair. Like she can finally see books that, you know, represent her, dolls that represent her. But again, what I realized last night and talking to you two is like, because it is trending, it's still causing pain and trauma. Mm -hmm. It's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Because when you look at who is celebrated, when we talk about Black Girl Magic, they look like me, which is great for me, but not so much for you two or ladies who look like you two. And so it. I'm probably gonna ruffle some feathers, but I kind of feel the same way about black girl magic as I do about Black Lives Matter. We doing a whole bunch of this, mm. but it's counterproductive because mm. even in the see me, love me, know me, it's it's being done on the backs in pain of somebody else. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so like, wow. And, and even in like talking to someone who I love dear and in preparing for this, it was like, you know, the comment was made. Um, I, I, that's, that's tricky. I don't, I don't, you know, in reference to like the, the pain and trauma that light skinned women feel and the pain and trauma that black skinned women feel it was, it was in my, my interpretation and I could have interpreted it wrong, but it was almost to say like, I can't really, I can't really rock with or get with or understand, you know, their trauma because they've always been celebrated. Mm. But like I said, prior to last night, I kind of felt that way too. Like, right. Right. like they've always loved you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just, just when you really pay attention to it, black girl magic, mm -hmm. black girl magic is the spirit. It's the soul. It's the, mm. the very essence. It has nothing to do with what we look like. It's the way you walk. It's the, the shoulder it's the you know what I'm saying? like that to yeah. me is black girl magic it has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with what's on the outside because you can you can strip me down you can strip you down you can strip you know my chocolate sister down but what's going to be at the core like ham hocks and collard greens you know what i'm saying like it's it's blackity black 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 and i just feel yes. like I wish we talked about that more and not yes, yes hair, yes lips, yes, because yeah. yeah, it's the superficial. Yes, right. right. Yes. We build those right. We build those platforms and those mantras on the superficial. And like you said, if my daughters didn't have darker skin, they'd still be black girls. You know what I'm right. saying? And they'd still be magic. So I agree. But exactly. I just you know I love hearing you know the two perspectives and and the two sides of the table because. Again, I don't want to feel like I can't post, but I'll be damned if my daughters, you know what I'm saying, don't get taught because I love that it's been an identity developer. I mean, I love it. That is exactly what I use all the time when she's questioning herself. I'm like, girl, please, you you magic. She calls it, you know, girl, black magic, but that's fine. She, I, we know what she means, right? Right. Um, 
But Bay, I want to come to you. I'm sorry, Morpheus, I want to come to you uh, for your comments on, you know, just what you've witnessed in terms of Black Girl Magic and how it's really been reshaping culture in terms of media and representation. Like, what has that, you know, from your point of view as a man, like, what can you offer that? It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see so much more, you know, representation, you know, um, of Blackness, you know, just all around, you know, but but I do feel like it's kind of sad that that it's this late in the game and, and Black people are just now starting to be comfortable in themselves. And mm -hmm. when um, Tiffany made that comment about Black men and how it goes on between us as well, um, that was really the first time I ever really thought about it. I'm like, I do kind of make fun of, you know what I'm saying? Like light skin, you know what I'm saying, dudes. But it's really a projection because being a black man, you know, uh, from Wisconsin, I really had to enter training from the very beginning of my life of how not to, how to not make white people afraid of me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My mom named me Morgan Stanley Smith. My sister's name is Megan. And she told wow. us early on that she named us that so that we could get jobs, wow. you know, and it was, it, it was, I, I'm 35, about to be 35 years old. This is my first year wearing my hair the way I wanted to wear my hair. You know what I'm saying? Because I was always told that, you know, if I went into an interview, you know, that, you know, people would look at me a certain kind of way because this is my, and I worked in the trades, you know, in the, in working in the trades in the union and stuff like that, you know, it is that way, you know, you have to do so much code switching and it's exhausting just having conversations, you know, and sometimes mm -hmm. I would, you know, forget to turn my code mm -hmm. switch voice off and go home or talk to one of my homeboys. They're like, why are you talking like that? I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But, you know, or, you know, that's, you know, change my name on um, Facebook so that the, you know, white people can work. So, but, and it, and it, and I say it's a projection because I feel like it's harder for me, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to not be intimidating, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. To white, you know, the, and it's, it's, it's not like it's an option because where I'm from, you know, and where a lot of people from, a lot of people's experiences, like it, your livelihood could be dependent upon it, upon somebody mm -hmm. being comfortable with you. And I told that to a guy, you know, um, you know, we were all sitting at a table and, you know, when they get into uh, numbers, the white white boys would get into the numbers. They get really comfortable when they talk a certain way, you know, around you because you, you're outnumbered and they do it subconsciously. But it, and they, they think they brave. But, you know, I, I posed the question. And I was brand new and these are. Not only are they white, but they all, you know, 20, 30 years my senior, you know, and I and I asked them and it was five people and it was me. It was the only black guy on the job site. You know what I'm saying? There's there's 100 people, 200 people there. I'm the only black guy there. You know what I'm saying? So we were sitting at the table on lunch one day and they were talking about something about, you know, I don't know why black people have, you know, make such a big deal about like we're all kind of like along those lines of we're all equal and it's not a big deal. I'm like, you know, I said, well, imagine coming to work and when they play, they still play radios at work and imagine coming to work and you're the only white guy here. And then all they play on the radio is black music. 
You know what I mean? They 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 play hip hop and stuff you don't listen to. And all they talk about at the lunch table when they talk about sports is the NBA. And you know, um, you know, they don't they don't they don't like the shoes, you know, that 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 you wear. Nobody, nobody drove a pickup truck, everybody drove, you know, uh impalas and stuff like that. How long would you last at that job? You know, and everybody was silent. And I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years every day. How 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 long would you last? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what if you had to change the way you talk to get to the next job site? And so it's just like you deal with that as subconsciously as people do it to you. And you don't realize how much it weighs on you. And that's what makes you project it you know, um, onto other people that you feel like don't have it as hard as you, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a whole, like, that could be a whole show in itself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do we do we deal with the colorism among us Then we got to go out into the workforce and into the world and deal with the racism? You know what I'm saying? It's just, again, the trauma... We, I don't even want to go there because, like I said, we can have a whole nother hour on the show. But I do want to um, thank all of you for joining this discussion with me. I know this was a triggering um, topic. It definitely is one that I'm in the midst of my healing for, you know, um, but I thought it was necessary. And I hope we help somebody. I hope even if, you know, there's a person that struggles with their complexion, um, that they now understand both sides of, of the table. I want to give each of you an opportunity to share your final thought, which I like to call Here's a Gem. Um, and then Javon is going to lead us through a uh, a quick breathing exercise, which sis, I could so use right now. I'm feeling so much anxiety. I, I feel it. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so I appreciate that. And then uh, after that, I will send you all backstage and then I will share uh, my final thoughts with our hustlers and shiners. So Tiffany, I'm going to come to you first. What is your uh, final thought? Give them a gem. I want to thank all of the Melanated Sisters, Tasha, T, Joy, Marianne, Kia, and Natalie, the women who I befriended throughout my life who accepted this little girl, this 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 light-skinned girl, and saw her for who she was. And not that I was trying to be anything other than who I am, mm. which is a beautiful Black woman. That part. That part, Cuzzo. Um, I'm going to come to you next, Javon. Um, actually, I'm going to come to you last since you're going to do the breathing exercise with us. Bay, I'm going to come, Marcus, I'm going to come to you. Uh, give the give the hustles and shiners a gem. Um, to all the all the ladies out there with with any speck of melanin, you know you all are beautiful. You all are the light of the world, especially black women. You guys have you know anchored our community for so long, and um, you know with uh, Tima writing this book and hearing some of those stories, and um, just my own spiritual journey, like really understanding you know, what it is that Black women in particular have, you know, inside of them in that, you know, Black women are, you know, the mothers of of not just Black people, but of, of humankind, you know what I'm saying, of mankind. And um, the reason that that programming is out there 
to make you question your power, to make you question your beauty, to make you question, you know, um, your significance is so that you don't see yourself because they see you. You know what I mean? So um, to all the black women out there, you all are beautiful. You all are are, are gorgeous intrinsically and extrinsically. And, um, you know, I, I love y'all and all the fellas too. You know what I mean? Like, um, we just, as a people, we really have to take the reins back of understanding who we are and what it is that we bring to the world. We are the most, you know, copied, you know, society, the most copied culture in in humankind history. You know what I mean? Like we, this, this melanin that's inside of us is really divine, you know, and the more of us that understand that, you know, the more of us will come into our power and then we can really change things. I love that. Coming to our power for real. Um, Javon, I'm gonna let you drop a gem and then please lead us in this um this breathing exercise because Lord knows I got my hands clenched over here because of my anxiety. So you too, Tiff, I see you. So please drop your gem and then and then uh, direct us and guide us. I want to say this, and this is my belief. Um, I'm offering it to you by way of support to everyone that's watching. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Our skin color, the trauma, the division, it is an experience, but it's not who we are. Mm. It is not meant to taint or change or alter the core of who you are, which is you are a spiritual being, infinite, powerful, divine, all that other stuff. Again, I'm not saying it's not important because it is, but it's here to teach you something. It's here to, to, to be a lesson or to be an opportunity to grow, but it is not here to be who you are. And so I just want us all to remember that. And as we are dealing with each other, see the spirit see the spirit, see the soul, see the essence, look beyond the surface. Thank you. Now, I personally don't like to deal with heavy stuff without giving you something to help you release. Um, especially in our culture, we are taught to he- to to deal with stuff and to hold it and move on, bounce back, keep going. And that's bullshit. That that is counterproductive to who we are and to what we were sent here to do. So what I want us to do is to just begin shaking. Humans are the only mammals who experience like any kind of trauma and don't shake it off. If you see a dog, a bird, anything like they always shake, they're shaking off water, they're shaking off energy like. And so this is something that you can take with you whenever you're feeling anxious, whenever like I'd be in the parking lot, just like, you know, shake as hard as you need to or, you know, whatever for the people who are watching, but just shake it off. And as you're shaking, I want you to really visualize that you're shaking off all of the heavy stuff that we talked about tonight. We're not keeping it. We're not holding it. We were here to witness, to experience, to share, but not to hold, not to keep, not to embody. So we are shaking all that off, all the trauma that maybe came up for you, the experiences that maybe came up for you, shaking that off, shaking that off, shaking that off. And when you are ready, I just want you to just take a deep breath in through the nose 
Exhale it out through the mouth. Again, take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale it out through the mouth with a sigh. If it helps to place a hand on your heart, hand on your womb space or on your sacral chakra where you feel your emotions. And then we're going to take one last deep breath in through the nose together. Exhale it out with a sigh. And let's just take a moment to just be and just feel. In this moment, we have all gathered to have this conversation, to see each other, to connect with each other. There is love here. There is community here. There is safety here. You are held here. You are honored here. Your brother sees you. Your sister see you. Feel into this moment. And at any time that you are feeling less than or inadequate or feeling like you're not black enough or strong enough or whatever your blank enough is, just remember this moment and tap back into your center and your core. Know that you can always come back to your safe space, which is within you. That feels a lot better. And when you are ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you, Javon, for being always so sensitive to the spirit and, um, you know, for your obedience. I so needed that. This has been an anxiety inducing topic for me, um, but it's not about me, you know, and so like you, I have to obey what I hear. And so thank you for pouring, for serving, for sharing, uh, for dropping a gem. I'm going to send you all uh, off stage back into the studio or backstage in the studio. Um, but everyone, make sure that you look at their screens. You see their Instagrams. Please go follow them. Show them love. Um, these are amazing people that you want to be connected to. If you're dealing with trauma, drama, we have someone for the kings. We have someone for the women in their womb space. And we have someone for the youth. So please make sure that you connect with Tiffany, Javon, and Morpheus. I am going to give my final thoughts, and then I will meet you guys backstage. Thank you so much. Wow. What an episode. Um, it's, excuse my cry lines. I'm sure a lot of people um, cannot understand or relate to what... I was experiencing trying to get this out. Um, this is a struggle for me. It always has been since childhood, but I'm learning to not only embrace my lighter, fair, fairer skin, but to love it um, and appreciate it. And although it wasn't always easy, it is something I'm intentionally doing now. And so thank you for staying, you know, for the entire episode, for opening your hearts and your minds. Uh, for not judging what you did not understand, participating in the comments. I so appreciate the support and the love. 
you all and your healing and your wholeness means everything to me because it means everything to me for myself and my family. And uh, we are family, you know, whether many of us want to accept that or not, we are. Y'all are stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. And that's how I hope it stays forever. So please continue to love yourselves, to love one another. If you see a sister struggling, help her to adjust her crown. If you see a brother struggling, lift him up and always hustle and shine. I'll see y'all next time. Be great.